In this episode, we are back talking with Sue Collins from Mountains Tales, and we're following on, this is our part two, of the origins of towns along the highway, and now we're looking at the railway towns from 1868. So, Again, thank you for your time here, Sue, and your knowledge. Where do we go with railway towns? Graham, great to speak to you again, and thanks very much for taking the time. Uh, the, the railway, of course, was the next big thing to uh, to come through the Blue Mountains. And, and as um, some of your um, uh, listeners may know, it was 1868 that the railway was finally put through as far as uh, Mount Victoria. But uh, what that meant is a journey of many days from Sydney had turned into a journey of many hours. Uh, the train, of course, was a steam train that needed to stop at a couple of different locations along the way, but the journey became uh, shorter, much, much shorter, and, of course, that meant that the upper mountains became more accessible. Um, Falconbridge is a great example of that. Now, Falconbridge, of course, uh, is, uh, is the home... Falconbridge House is where uh, Sir Henry Parks lived. He was, of course, our state premier uh, at the time. And in 1877, he moved just north of Springwood. The house was called uh, Falconbridge House, named after his mother's maiden name. And eventually the suburb around would then take on, take on the name Falconbridge. So coming up the mountain, that would be the, uh, the, the next one that was impacted by, of course, the railway. Uh, moving on then, of course, up to uh, Hazelbrook. Uh, Hazelbrook was a, a private home in the 1870s and, and again, a, the same situation by having easy access to the, um, uh, to the, to the mountains. It, it meant that people were able to build their, their private homes and, and commute, for the want of a better word, not probably as uh, efficiently as we do these days, but still commute into the city after a weekend up here. The two, the, the three probably main towns to, to speak of uh, that really absolutely um, uh, grew in this time frame, uh, Lura Katoomba and, and a, a slightly lesser scale uh, in a later time frame, Medlow Bath. Now, Lura and uh, Katoomba, I like to describe these guys as um, their twins born at the same time, 1881, um, really the uh, Frederick Clissold, the gentleman that uh, marketed both villages. Uh, he, um, uh, he, he, they were born at the same time, but I think that, and you probably agree with me, they're non-identical twins. They certainly had very <laughs> different paths. <laughs> I don't know if you agree with me with that analogy. But, um, uh, but but Lura and Katoomba, you know, easy access. And, and as we know, of course, with the, you know, following what then happened as far as uh, tourism and easy access, of course, um, you know, using the railway to get up here for, for tourism, um, then, of course, that really spurred the growth of uh, Lura and, and uh, Katoomba as far as, um, uh, as, far as um, access and as far as tourism. Medlow Bath at a later time. Uh, Medlow Bath uh, was was around in about the 1830s. It was uh, known as Brown Siding and then eventually as Medlow. Um, but uh, of course, 1904 on the 4th of July, um, Mark Foy opened his famous um, his famous um, uh, Hy um, Hydro Majestic as we know it now, and uh, taking on the name of Medlow Bath. So each of those villages really evolved and grew because of the access to the railway line. Now, Sue, unless I'm mistaken, also it was very impacted by money because there were a number of, as I understand, private stations opened that didn't stay open very long, but certainly people with, with money and influence were able to get private stations at their properties opened. Do you know how many there were of those? 
Uh, there was uh, there was about uh, there was four private stations, um, and um, and uh, I just speaking a moment ago of Lura, that was paid for by a private. Uh, a private person, so that he could have easier access to the village. So, um, so certainly there were the the private stations along the way, owned by uh, prominent uh, Sydney siders uh, that have opened and closed over the time frame. Um, but um, but the one that uh, that really still uh, still is in existence is Lura Railway Station, um, obviously as the uh, as the entryway to Lura Village. It's fascinating stuff. And of course, the next category that um, you raise uh, is the 20th century real estate. Where this is where I, I'm assuming you're, you're you're leading here to how um, the mountains has grown um, and really based around the growth of the real estate industry. You're a hundred percent right there, and and the the villages that I've listed in that area again still sticking primarily along the highway here is is Mount Riverview that kind of uh, started to evolve and be marketed from about 1907, uh, and then uh, Warrimoo and Bulabara. Now uh, Warri uh, Warrimoo was uh, attempted to uh, grow back in the 1880s. That actually had a different name. It was called Carabar, and it was Richardson and Wrench. And isn't that unbelievable that uh, still a modern-day real, uh, real estate agent, Richardson and Wrench, tried promoting it but were unsuccessful. Uh, and then in 1917, uh, Arthur Rickard came along, and for those living in Warrimoo, of course, that's a primary street there, Arthur Rickard came along and really... Uh, Push the promotion of real estate. He then he had so much success with that that he went a little bit further up the mountain and did exactly the same in the town of Bulabara. Oh, so it's the same person. That's These villages. It was the same person, absolutely, uh, Arthur Rickard. So, uh, so certainly, a, a, you know, a modern investor in um, uh, in the in the towns in the 1920s. Um, so, what that meant, of course, with the railway, is that people still could commute to the city, and uh, you know, trains were not as regular as uh, as what we have now. But but this, you know, grew to being the, um, the the commuter belt of Sydney, with people having slightly larger properties, and that's one thing that uh, Arthur Rickard uh, promoted a lot was just bigger bigger size properties so that you could have your um, your backyard garden, you know, and your, you know, a couple of fruit trees that uh, that people further down in, um, uh, in Sydney weren't having uh, the space for. So it certainly was a big growth period in the tw- early 20th century for real estate. And this, of course, leads in beautifully into the next category, which is the, the modern new villages of, of, of Sun Valley and Winmalee. Uh, so tell us a bit more about Absolutely. those. Absolutely. Well, the Sun Valley has been around for, for quite some time, going through many changes known as Fitz, uh, Fitzgerald Valley, Valley Flats. And, and I love this one, Falk Valley. Isn't that a great name <laughs> for the valley, Falk Valley? Um, but it, was, uh, it, it wasn't ga- uh, gazetted as a village until 2004. 2004, imagine that. That was when it became actually a, a village. But um, uh, Sun Valley, uh, a modern town. And uh, Winmalee, of course, is the other one that I've identified into that category. And uh, Winmalee was, was a, quite a, a rural area. In the 1960s and 70s, as it started to grow, it became a suburb. And uh, instead of giving it the name North Springwood, which geographically is, is correct, there were, a competition was held um, to uh, in 1972 to um, to actually come up with a uh, a new name and uh, the name that was suggested was uh, was North but an indigenous word for North which actually translated to Winmalee and that's of course uh, the village that was gazetted in the 1970s. That's fascinating, fascinating indeed. Well, again, Sue, thank you very much for your knowledge and thank you very much for your time. 
And if anyone would like to join Sue on one of her wonderful walking tours in both Katuma and Lura, um, Sue, tell us how they can do it. Uh, yes, so, so just Google Katoomba Story or Lura Story and uh, that will take you straight through to Eventbrite. Otherwise, mountainstales.com is my website and uh, people can reach me uh, through there. And our uh, walking tours are a nice and easy paced uh, kilometre and a half over two hours. So looking at the history of those two villages, I am working on another village, but I'm going to keep that one a little bit secret for the moment, if that's okay, and <laughs> we'll announce that in uh, in due time. And we'll put links in the show notes and also a link back to part one of this discussion. So again, Sue, thank you very much indeed. Graham, great to speak with you and uh, looking at the, uh, the, you know, the story of the villages uh, coming up the highway. So great to speak to you. Have a great day. Well, that's it for this episode. Be sure to follow us at askros.com.au and our Facebook page, Ask Ros Blue Mountains. Thanks again for your time.